0: First of all, uh, I, may, I may say a word that you're not you're accustomed to, Yeshua. Sure? Um, <clears throat> I tend to use that word instead of the word Jesus, because that's what his family and his friends called him. And I count myself as part of his family and friends. Yeah. So if I do say Yeshua, don't be worried about it. it just, I'll try and say his Greek name, but I prefer his uh, Hebrew name. But anyway, the most important fact I've got to say today, he's coming back. Yeah. He's coming back. Yeah. He hasn't left us as orphans. He's coming back. He went away to prepare a place for us, and he's coming back. Okay, what I actually want to do today is look at, very quickly, who God is, what he's given us, and spend more time on what he expects of us. So I'll do the first part really quickly, and each of these points could go on for days. The character of God, when you think about it, just a couple of words about his character. He's good. He is love. He just doesn't have love. He's just love. He's this giant heart. That's him. He's kind. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's forgiving. But he's also pure and perfect and holy and awesome and faithful. Let's think who we are. We're born again. We're new creations. Yeah. We're not the old person we used to be. We're a new creation. If you're born again, the old has gone, the yeah. new has come. And because we're his children, we're his responsibility. And that should take weight off us. We are his responsibility. We're redeemed by the blood of Yeshua, so we are exceedingly precious. There's a lovely verse that I. I like in Colossians, it says he's delivered us from the power of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> we were in darkness. Now we're in the light. We do have an enemy. I'm going to send a couple of seconds on him. Messiah said he came to destroy. It says in 1 John, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. I believe he was completely successful in doing that. Sure. He did it. The enemy uses lies, deception, fear, negativity, but he's basically bluffer. He will only have the power that he's allowed to have. The enemy is empowered by people. He needs people to do his work but we're not those people because we've been delivered from that power yeah. into the kingdom yeah. of the son of his love. Yeah. Kingdom presupposes as a king. Something that, that uh, he said in John 10.10, 10, <clears throat> the thief does not come except to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Yeah. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. Yeah. I find that so amazing. But I also realize there's a choice (coughs) within that. You can either stick with the lies, the deception, the stealing and killing, which we see rampant in many parts of the world. We've seen it rampant with the fires. (coughs) Excuse me. I just want to look at a couple of challenges that Jesus put before us. In John 8, 30 to 31, he says... If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Again, there's a choice here. The truth can make us free. But if you don't know the truth, you're not going to be free. So we have to make a persistent and consistent effort to find out what is the truth. The truth is him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You've got to soak in him. You've got to soak in the word. I would highly recommend that this be your main occupation in between all the important things we have to do. But this is where truth is found. And when you find truth, you can stand on it. You can say, as Vicky said, uh, sorry, as John said, You've got some, you've, you know something about God's character. You know something about what he said about you. Hold on to it. Stand. Do not allow the enemy to steal it from you. Yeah. Hang on to the truth. Because yeah. <clears throat> only the truth you know will set you free. I think there's something that's really important is to realize that faith comes by Hearing. Faith is something that grows. Every, God, everybody's been given a measure of faith. God's given every human being a measure of faith. But it'll grow as we hear the word of God. Yeah. That's the only way it'll grow. In this statement of abiding, there are choi- there's, a, there's a choice there and there's a challenge. It's not easy to abide in Him. Well, you might find it easy. I don't find it easy. I get busy. I get distracted with nice things, not bad things. I don't get distracted with horrible, nasty, vile things. But nice things can be very distracting, extremely distracting. We get distracted because we get the pressures of life. We've got society telling us one thing, and we've got the word telling us another. And if society keeps bleating and bleating and bleating through that box that most of the time tells lies, you know, it's, it's a difficult situation to deal with, and I find I'm Lately, I've been praying a lot and saying, Father, show me how to abide. Show me what is the secret abiding? How do I do it? I don't mean do as in it's something you do. It's more who you be. Yeah. It's who we be. We be his children. We snuggle up to him. You're driving your car. You're not just driving your car. You're asking it. You're talking to him. Spend time with him. There's a brilliant book by a guy called Brother Lawrence. It's hundreds of years old. And he learned the secrets of abiding. Everything he did. He worked in he was in a monastery and he worked everything he did. He was a cook, he was a gardener. He said I would pick up a piece of rubbish off the ground for him. He didn't just pick it up of some mess, he picked it up. Everything he did, he did for him. And it's it's developing that attitude of everything is with him, in him, through him, I think. I wanna look at um, a challenging thing. Oh before I I forgot to say, God has given us immense things. When you think about it, we're born again. We're in the kingdom of light. As Vicky's reminded us, he's actually praying for it right now. He's probably praying, for goodness sake, hope she'll say, she will say the right things. He's praying for us all the time. How powerful is that? It's amazing. I, I, am, I have the pleasure of being in, in a home group, a connect group. And we made a commitment that we'd pray for each other every day. Yeah. And it's so, it makes me feel so good to know that there are people actually praying for me. Yeah. I know Pastor Gary and Jane pray for us. But it's, it's so important that you're in a group and you commit and you say, yes, we're part of a group. Yeah. We're going to look out for each other. Very we're going to pray either. for each other. Yeah. We're going to be available for each other because that's what we need to do. Yeah. The future is not going to get brighter in the world. Our future is going to get brighter and brighter. Yeah. Definitely. But in the world, it's not going to get much brighter. Because the enemy is determined to kill, to steal, and destroy. And unfortunately, there are millions of people that just go with that flow. A lot of them don't have options. If you're living in a, a, an Islamic country, you don't have a, a whole lot of options. But then again, Messiah is doing an amazing thing. He keeps turning up in, a, in, a, in Islamic countries. How unfair is that? To people, I've heard of he appears to a group of children in a classroom and talks to them. And a lot of Islamic people are saying, going to they find a Christian saying, tell us more about this Yeshua, or Yesus as they call him. Anyway. John 14, 12 to 15. This is something he says. And when he starts off with most assuredly, or if you like the old King James, verily, verily, he's saying basically, listen. I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. You think about this. He's told us, you will do greater works than I do. And many people have. Smith Willsworth, there's, there's loads of people, you can cast, I won't go into the list, there's a list of people who are doing and have done and continue to do greater works. But I'm not one of those. So the challenge I've got is, is he telling the truth or is this a fairy story? Well, it's not a fairy story. He's telling the truth. He's saying, we, I, as a believer, have the capacity to do greater things than he did. I have to tell you, I am not settling anymore for okay. Okay is good. Okay is nice. But he's promised me an abundant life. And I want to live an abundant life. And I want to see his works operating through this body. And I'm convinced there are a lot of people in here who are dissatisfied with just going along and doing the same old, same old. I'm not criticizing the church at all. I'm just saying I am not going to be satisfied with just getting to the end of my life and thinking, well, that was fine. I do not want to appear before him because we all will appear before him. Definitely. I do not want to appear before him. And he look me in the eye and he say, hmm, it was okay. I don't want that. I want him to look at me and smile and say, well done, good and faithful. I really want that. And I don't want it just for me. I want it for you. I want all of us to be able to stand before him, and he'll say, well done. You did what I asked you to do. What he asks you to do might not be what he'd asked me to do. He will ask different ones to do different things, to be different people. But I cannot, cannot just live an okay life anymore. I don't think Jesus died and suffered on the cross so I could have a nice life. I can have an abundant life I can have the joy of the Lord. I mean, look what Joy said. The absolute joy of sharing with somebody how good he is and how he's the answer to every problem because he is the answer to every single problem we've got. He is. He's the answer. Whatever problems we have, he's the solution. Whatever situations you're dealing with, he's the solution. There's no other solution that works constantly. And look at that promise at the end. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That is immense power. It's immense. Absolutely incredible the amount of power that's available in that statement. But the condition that comes with it. If you love me, keep my commands. I've never liked the word obedience. Never from a child I didn't like the word obedience. I'd wriggle and fight and scream and kick and avoid trying to be obedient. The same thing is now. I will sometimes dodge the word obedience. I've never liked that word. But I like it more and more and more. Because through obeying his commands, we get to be the people he's designed us to be. I am convinced that everybody in this place has an important destiny, a vital destiny, because you're children of God. You're not just a human being anymore. You're a child of God. You're anointed. You've got the Holy Spirit within. We've got Messiah within, the hope of glory. We've got him praying for us, we've got power. we've got the word to yeah. learn to speak, to declare, to live by. We, yeah. He has given us everything that yeah. pertains to life and godliness. Yeah. Everything you could possibly need, he's given. Yeah. But it's optional. It's like Luke was saying at the beginning, encouraging us to realize we have freedom. Yeah. It's for freedom that he set us free, and yeah. we're going to get hold of the freedom. And grab it and say, no, I'm going to live in freedom. I'm not going to buckle down to fear, anxiety, depression. I am not going to buckle down to any negative thing the enemy going to throw. I am not going to be frightened to talk to people about Messiah. Yeah. I was listening to somebody last night that really, really challenged me. He was on, and I'm very much into the prayer meeting tonight. He's saying, you can pray all you like for revival. But if you're not prepared to talk to your neighbor, the person you meet you're wasting your time. Because if you're not prepared to speak to people, it's no good asking God to get somebody else to do it. Because you are the somebody else. I mean, there are people we meet that nobody else, no other Christian might ever meet them. And that's, that's amazing. We were reminded last week again by Luke, and Heidi's mentioned it a couple of times previously as well, that... To do what we have to do, we have to copy copy Yeshua. We have to do what he did. He withdrew. He was, must have been the busiest person on the planet. I mean, imagine thousands of people coming towards you, wanting things from you. You have to know who you are to deal with that. And he went away persistently and regularly to be alone with his father to get what what God was telling him how to do things. I mean, he did some weird things. Remember when the blind man was there and, and, and he, he spits on the ground, gets the mud and puts it on his side. Now, how weird is that? I mean, if you tried doing that to somebody now, they'd probably sock you on, blind or not. But he did. This is, I mean, he, he just did weird things. Where did he get these weird things from? God. God does weird things. Would you have created a giraffe? I mean, we're dealing with God. He's not in a box. He does things that we don't expect him to do. Amazing, wonderful, brilliant things. Because he's he's fantastic. John five nineteen, I don't think that's gonna come up. It's a it's a hard thing to understand this. This is what he said about himself. Most assuredly, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. Mm -hmm. So how did, it's a hard concept for us, because a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, we make the excuse, well, Jesus was God. He was was different to us, he was God. No, he wasn't, he was a man. He came and lived on the earth as a man. He didn't have a secret place to whiz and come out different. He was a man, just like us, with all the same things that we have to deal with in life. And he said, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can relate to that. I can't do anything. But with God, we can. Because he did it. And he's our model. He's our example. We're we're mini him. We're supposed to be a mini Jesus. But how did he see what the father was doing? Because he went on his own and spent time with the father. Persistently and consistently. He also said, I, I, I only say what the father says. How did he hear what the father says? He was he went on his own, spent time with God, and that was it. I don't think, it's not a case of going into a dark room and thinking, right, I'm going to stay here till God says something. I think it's more like, in your life, keep close to him. Yeah. Talk to him. Develop the habit. It's a habit. Yeah. It's a habit. We cannot allow doubt Fear, unbelief, distractions, busyness of life, the media. God help us with the media. (laughs) The pressures of society, laziness, selfishness, bad things that happen to us. We cannot allow them to distract us from the reality that we are children of God. We have a destiny. We have a purpose. We are vitally important to God. Otherwise, why would he have bothered to come down to earth to save us, deliver us, and set us free? He set us free so we can enjoy being free, not to be trapped in this world's standard of mediocrity and nothingness and doom and gloom. We're free to serve. We're free to live for him and have an amazing life. Imagine it. If, you, if that joy that was in Messiah could be in us all the time, imagine it the power that was in Messiah could be in us all the time. It is. It is. Within us, we have the spirits of God, just like He did. And more so, He also said, He is in us. It's getting crowded in here. There's hardly any room for me. I hope, I wish. And I pray there'll be less room for me and a lot more room for him. Just consider a couple of the things he's given us. We've got the armor of God. We haven't just got armor. We've got the armor of God. That's amazing, the armor of God. We can put the helmet of salvation on. That means your mind is totally focused on salvation. I mean, you could speak for days on that subject. Easily. We've got a shield of faith. We can dodge the stuff the enemy's t- throwing at us. And then he gives us a sword to use. And the sword is this. But it's not meant to wound people. It's meant to dispel the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. The word, we have to love people, not stab them in anywhere. He's exalted his word above his name. That means that everything in here is bound to. He cannot lie. Everything he said is complete and absolute truth. You could literally stake your life on what's in this book. So, what's the solution? Precious, gifted, anointed, child of God that you are. How do we get from being what we are now to what he's designed us to be? It's abiding in him. It's being, having intimacy with him. Our relationship is patterned on the relationship of a loving husband and a loving wife. The intimacy that they share. That's the level of intimacy he wants with us. Very, He, he just desires intimacy. The thing that I find staggering is he's jealous for my time. He wants me in his presence. That is incredible. that The creator of the universe that spoke words to create everything yeah. is desperately longing to spend time with me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a true thing. Yeah. I, I finished with me notes ages ago. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't actually use them. Our, in our home group, we, um, we have a challenging time because we've been going through the Gospels, reading and listening to what he said, what he actually said and what he actually did. And it's very, very challenging. If you actually read it um, as written and not explain any bits of it away and realize that what he said he meant and what he did he meant, and it was just amazing. Um, we were looking last week at John 15 uh, about abiding in the vine. And the thing that really struck me about it afterwards as well was in the vine, the branch is connected, so there's the branch, uh, there's the branch, and we're these little branches connected in, and we're drawing our life, everything from him, we're drawing our power, our peace, our joy, everything, and faith, is, it, it grows. You think of a fruit tree, it's there in winter, nothing, spring, nothing. Leaves come, flowers come, the flowers gradually burst into life, then they die and you oh they're gone. But then there's this little teeny weeny little knobbly thing left, and in a few months you end up with a beautiful apple. So from what looks like a dead flower comes an apple. Now in the eyes of the world we might look a bit like dead flowers, but we're not. We are apples, we are fruit that is growing. We are growing and developing. Don't feel condemned by anything I've said. I'm I'm, I'm mainly shouting at myself that I am not prepared to be one of those apples that doesn't produce anything, that just is a little wizened um, thing that doesn't actually do any good. Intimacy with him will produce fruit. Nothing else will produce fruit. Intimacy in his word. Intimacy through worship. Intimacy through prayer. Intimacy suggests. Join a group. If you're not in a connect group, I would seriously strongly advise it because stuff's going to happen in life. Stuff is happening in life to many Christians. You think of what's happening in countries like North Korea, Muslim countries. I'm not anti-Muslim. They're just people. Deceived, but they're just people. But so many Christians are having a really challenging time. Well, little things like being crucified heads chopped off horrible things are happening to Christians we're not immune from stuff and you think well we're living in the great southland of the Holy Spirit we are but there's a lot of forces at work to destroy we've got a lot of forces at work pumping rubbish into children's minds and hearts that's happening the enemy is not sitting down thinking oh well I haven't got a hope here. He hasn't. But he's doing a lot of horrible things in our society. Yeah. The person I was listening to last night said, we are responsible for what's happening in society. And I thought, oh, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I didn't like hearing that LGBT, etc cetera, um, is being pumped into children at school. I don't want to hear that, that it's my responsibility. 'cause we've got to do we, we we actually may have to do something. pray But we may have to do something. We may have to go and see our local councillor. We may have to go and see our state MP, we may have to contact our federal MP. We've got to do something. We cannot we cannot just think, oh well that's 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 what the world's doing. Yet it is doing it doing stuff. But I think it's time when we've got to mobilise a little bit. Yeah. I'm not a political person at all but um, I get in, I'm, I'm beginning to get involved. I strongly advise getting in a home group. Yeah, strongly. We need each other. Yeah. You need to know that somebody is praying for you persistently and yeah. consistently. Yeah. We need to know that somebody's going to be there when you need help. We need to know that somebody's going to be there when something wonderful and exciting is happening. Right. We need each other. Yeah. We've got to get knitted together. Because the enemy likes to steal, kill, and destroy. He likes to separate and divide. He likes to bring up offense. He loves causing offense because then people fall away. And, well, I'm not going there anymore because they offended me. They said this, they said that. Yeah, we all make mistakes. We all, we, I, 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 I've offended people in the past inadvertently, not usually deliberately. Not now, anyway. Now I'm my new creation. The old me would have been very offensive, I suspect. We need each other. Get in a group. As Pastor Gary said it before, if you're not in a group, you can't find a group, start one. Yeah. Do, not, do not let yourself be isolated. Do not allow yourself to be separated. Yeah. We need fellowship with one another. Sunday is wonderful. I love worship. I love the word. I love being with each other. But you need that more than once a week. Yeah. You can't get by with that. It's great, we've got YouTube, we can watch the most amazing teaching, we can have the most amazing worship, but sometimes you've got to be with other people to enjoy that. And you've got to have other people speaking into your life. Yeah. I mean, we have a great time because Liz somebody suddenly, suddenly say something and you think, oh, never thought of it that way. Never thought of it that way. We need each other to confront, to challenge, to encourage, to pray, to enjoy each other. We're supposed to enjoy life. He's given us abundant life. I know it sounds a bit doomy gloomy what I'm saying, but he's given us so much. Yeah. And all he wants from us is intimacy. Be, get more and more intimate with him. I am so determined that that's going to be the focus of my life from now on. I, I can't think of anything more important to do. I like movies. I like pizza and movies. I like movies and chocolates. Any of those combinations. But they're little things to enjoy now and then. The most enjoyable thing is getting in, snuggling with him and getting a hug from him. And if you're not getting a hug from him, get in a group and you will get a hug from him because your fellow believers will get in there with you and share their understanding of the word. They'll share their challenges in life. They'll share. I'll just pray for you. There's a fabulous prayer in Ephesians. This is one of the prayers we pray for each other. I'll pray this for everybody now. I pray that the God of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Where is inheritance? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? It's the power that raised Messiah from the dead. That's available. God bless you. Thank you.